Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. As we approach God's Word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in, breathe out. Listen to God's Word this day. Please join me in our prayer for illumination. We need to hear your word, O God, for we cannot live on bread alone. Give us the ability to truly listen. Still all voices but yours. May the truths revealed in your scripture today not only be heard, may they change us. With hearts full of gratitude, we pray. Amen. We turn to God's word this morning. Our first scripture reading is the 25th Psalm. Let us listen to God's word. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you to be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. Today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, 
for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and they followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today we're going to talk about some people who went fishing and we're going to fish, but we're going to do it the way they did then. There were three people named Peter, James, and John in a boat, and they didn't have a motor, so they had to row. So can you help me row? Ready? Reach forward. Oh, you got to reach further than that. Reach forward and pull back. 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 Good. So that's what we're going to do. So one night, they went out to fish. They fished at night. Can you believe that? Their names were Peter, James, and John. So let's go. We're going to fish. Pull back. Row. Row. Oh. Now, when they got out into the water, they stood up because you could stand up in those boats. You ready? They didn't fish with poles. They fished with nets, big, big nets to catch the fish. Yes, like that. And we're going to pick up the net and we're going to throw it over the side. You ready? You want to help? Ready? One, two, three, throw. And then we got to pull it back in, pull it back in. But you know, I have sad news. There were no fish. Let's try again. Let's try again. Throw it out. Good. And pull it back in. And, all, and still no fish. And it went like that all night. Well, no, you didn't. Because they did. <laughs> uh, you think you did. Okay, have a seat. Have a seat. Okay. Yes. You know what? Let's not throw the stuffies right now. Okay. How would you feel if you spent all night fishing and caught no fish? What, what would you feel, Cameron? Damn, I would too. Can you look tired and frustrated and sad? That's the way Peter and his friends felt all night. The next morning, they were cleaning their nets, even though they had no fish. And Jesus came up to them and said, would you take me out in the boat? Because I want to talk to the people. There were lots of people, even more people than right out there. And Peter went out so Jesus could sit in the boat and talk to the people. And he did. And then when he finished, he turned to Peter and he said, go back out in the water and throw your nets again and again. And Peter said... Master, we fished all night, and we didn't catch anything. But I guess if you say so, we'll go out. So we got to row, and we're tired this time, so it's probably going to be a little slower. And they rowed out, and they rowed out. They got out. Okay, time to throw the nets again. They picked up the nets. They threw them in the water. They started to pull them back, and they, you know what? There were fish, so many fish that it, the nets were about ready to break. So many fish that they were afraid their boats would go under. So many fish they had to ask for extra help. Now you can sit down. They couldn't believe it. Peter looked up at Jesus and said, I can't believe you could do that. And then you know what Jesus said to Peter? 
He said to Peter, I want you to come with me. I want you and James and John to be my disciples, to learn, to follow. And they did. And that's what Jesus says to each one of us, no matter how old we are, like you, whether we're holding a duck, a pig, a dinosaur or not, whether we have a broken arm or something or not. So let us pray. Can we pray together? Can you put your hands together and close your eyes and repeat after me? Dear God, thank you for calling the disciples then. Thank you for calling us to be disciples now. Help us to listen to you. Help us to pay attention to you so that we can be more like you. And so we can love and serve others. Amen. Thank you so much. I don't know about you, but I'm tired from all that fishing. But I'll see you all later. This Lent, we will be doing a series called Wandering Hearts, taken from the lyrics of that traditional gospel song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. In this series, we'll explore discipleship with Simon, whom Jesus later renamed Peter. Let us pray. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. May your word take root in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Salespeople know the feeling. The feeling that comes from making call after call after call and having nothing to show for it. Stay-at-home parents with young children can know the feeling. Diapers to change, meals to plan and prepare, laundry to do, toys to pick up. It can seem like the routine is never-ending and never-changing, and yet at the end of the day, what do you really have to show for it? Teachers know the feeling. You're an experienced teacher. You had a great lesson plan. It's worked in years before, but you go through the day and you feel like no one gets the math. And then there's that faculty meeting where there was lots of talk, but nothing really accomplished to deal with the problems the school is facing. Some days are like that. When you know you've done everything you could do to the best of your ability, but there's nothing to show for those efforts at the end of the day. Some days are like that, and so are some nights. Peter has just spent a futile night of fishing with his partners, James and John and others. All of that work, all of that rowing, all of that casting, all of that hauling, and not a single fish to take to market. Peter and his fishing partners know the feeling that bone-deep weariness and rising frustration that comes from hard work and having nothing to show for it. This is how Peter is feeling when Jesus tells him to go back out into the deep water and try one more time. Jesus is no stranger to Peter or the others because he's becoming well-known in that region around the Sea of Galilee. 
He's not only made his inaugural speech in his hometown synagogue in Nazareth at the beginning of chapter 4 of Luke's gospel, he's also been healing many people and preaching to growing crowds. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now he's asked Peter to let him use the boat so he can better address the growing crowds assembled on the shore. And then when he finishes, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Go into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. I remember a sign that was on one of our auto mechanics walls. Perhaps you've seen something like this. Labor costs $20 an hour. $30 if you watch. $50 if you help. Surely Peter wished for the fisherman's equivalent What's a carpenter's son doing telling a fisherman how to run his business? But whether it's because Peter has started to believe in this Jesus, or whether it's because he wants to test and see what Jesus can really do, or maybe it's just because his mother taught him to be respectful to rabbis, in any case, Peter does what Jesus tells him to do. And then the results are astounding. From catching nothing all night long, suddenly their nets are so full of fish that Peter has to worry about his nets breaking. So many fish that he has to worry about his boats sinking. Suddenly a night to forget has become a morning to remember. <clears throat> Peter, awed by what he has just witnessed Jesus do, no longer feels like he's worthy enough to be in Jesus' presence. Driven to his knees, he blurts out to Jesus, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Jesus does not dispute Peter, but neither does he turn him away. Instead, he does an astonishing thing. He summons this Peter to follow him. And Peter does an equally astonishing thing. He does, without hesitation, and so do his fishing partners, James and John. They are on the greatest payday ever. And yet they leave it all behind because they believe that Jesus is making them a better offer. 20 centuries and a half of, of a globe separate us from Peter and James and John, and in many ways, our lives could not be more different. And yet, we do share this in common with Peter and his partners in the fishing business. business. Like them, we too are being summoned to become his, Jesus' disciples in our place and in our time. So what can we learn about discipleship? What can we learn from Jesus in these short 11 verses in chapter 5. First, did you notice what Jesus' first instruction was to Peter? Go into the deep water. Jesus' instructions are not just a guide to go how to find fish on that day and in that place. They're also a guide for disciples in any time and place. Go into the deep water. As Paula Goodard, an Anglican priest and spiritual writer, observes, it's a natural part of human nature to attempt to avoid places of danger and risk. This is especially true in today's risk-averse world, which encourages us to be safe, to take no risks. 
The problem with this is that a safe life can be a very small life. To be sure, there are times when we do need places of comfort and refuge. There are times, she writes, of desolation and sorrow, times of depression or stress, times when we're physically ill or simply below par, and we need a safe harbor. But a safe harbor is not where we're meant to stay forever. After all, a ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. As disciples, we're meant to leave the safe and shallow waters of our comfortable routines and follow Jesus into the deeper waters. So here are some questions to ponder this Lent. Am I living with an open heart and mind, willing to reach, to risk, to where I haven't been, to where I may have been avoiding because I cannot stand there on my own? If Jesus asked me to, am I willing to leave the shore behind and trust Christ to be my safety and security? Perhaps the deeper waters were being called to require us to leave home physically, to go to Montreat with the youth this summer, or on a mission trip with helping hands from the presbytery, or perhaps later serving at the crossroads in Honduras or somewhere else. But perhaps the deeps to which we are being called is something else, to make a new commitment to a friendship, to our marriage, to a mentorship. Perhaps we're being called to a new form of ministry or service, a deeper level of sacrifice, a deeper commitment to prayer and worship. Just as he did with Peter, James, and John, Jesus still seeks us out, still invites us to follow him. Will we follow him into the deeper waters when he calls, or will we cling to the safe comfort of the shallow waters where we can watch from afar and stand on our own? Jesus' second statement to Peter is just as important and perhaps even more surprising. When Peter falls on his knees after hauling all that fish and proclaims that he is a sinner not worthy of being in the presence of Jesus, Jesus doesn't refute him, as I said. Neither does he offer words of absolution. Instead, he says, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In part, Jesus wants Peter to know that his sin does not disqualify him because, newsflash, Jesus only calls sinners like Peter, James, and John then, like you and me now. We do not get to be disciples because we've been pre-qualified. We are made qualified by God's grace and God's power. None of us is too young or too old, too weak or too strong, too educated or too uneducated, too rich or too poor. Discipleship is for all Christians, whether we have tried to follow Christ for five minutes or 50 years. Christ summons us the way we are right now, as he does Peter, James, and John, 
But that doesn't mean that Christ wants us to stay the way we are. To be a disciple is not only to follow Jesus, it is to be a learner. God wants to transform us, and Jesus is our guide and teacher. The goal is not more facts or more knowledge so that we can ace some written exam. God's goal for us is to grow in understanding and insight, vision and character, compassion, so that we can be more Christ-like. Disciples are to be followers and learners. So another question to ask, what am I learning now from Jesus? What have I been learning in the past month? Do not be afraid. Jesus' words to Peter are also reminders to disciples back then and now that we're never called to be explorers sailing off on our own. When we go into those deeper waters, we always have others in the boat with us, a community of faith. And we always have the one who goes before us, who is always ahead of us, always behind us, always beside us. We are not alone. Finally, there's this when we look more closely at Luke 5. There's what happens when Peter and James and John go into the deep waters and they follow Jesus' instructions. There are all those fish that they bring in. So many fish, as I said with the children, that they're worried their nets will be torn asunder. Indeed, so many fish, they worry their boats will sink. You know, there's some who tried to reduce this story to a miracle story, a demonstration of Jesus' power to do the inexplicable, to do that which no one else can do. And to be sure, what happens here is a great and glorious example of Jesus' unique divine power. But there's more to the story than that. And there's some who use this story to describe the prosperity that comes to those who are obedient to God, And to be sure, these fishermen catch a lot of fish, the staple of their business. And they have the potential to make more money from this haul of fish than they've ever made in one day before. But there's more going on than that. Because these fishermen leave behind their nets and all those fish and the profits they represent to go and follow Jesus. No, this story is a story of discipleship and blessing. A night of fatigue and emptiness is turned into new life, overflowing life. This is a story of abundance. What Jesus offers his disciples is not an easy life, nor does he simply offer them or us a reservation for heaven that we can rely on once we die. No, Jesus came that we might have abundant life beginning now, abundance in meaning now. With Jesus being his disciple, we discover that life has meaning, the meaning that deep down we long to have in our lives. We learn when we are a disciple of Jesus that our lives matter. Jesus summons us to a life abundant in purpose. Jobs and occupations come and go, but it is God's calling. It is in ministry and serving God and others 
That's how we find a true and lasting satisfaction. And Jesus summons us to a life abundant in joy. That's not to say that our nets will always be full. As we will see following Peter's journey this Lent, as we know from our own lives, there will be times of loss, times of struggle, times even of failure and disappointment. But there will be enough love and grace to fill our empty nets so that our lives too can overflow with the joy of a full life. Meaning, purpose, joy. These are the gifts we receive in abundance when we follow Peter, James, and John and go into the deep waters. When we follow Jesus' summons, when we listen to Jesus, when we stick close to him and learn from him, and follow him. I want to close with a prayer. It's a prayer that's been attributed to the British explorer Sir Francis Drake, who knew all about deep seas and discipleship. May it be our prayer this Lent. Disturb us, O Lord, when we're too well pleased with ourselves when our dreams have come true because we dreamed too little, because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, O Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we've lost our thirst for the water of life. When having fallen in love with time, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we've allowed our vision of heaven to grow dim. Stir us, O Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture into wider seas where storms show thy mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. In the name of him who pushed back the horizon of our hopes and invited the brave to follow. Amen. Take some time to reflect on this. How does the story of Peter's encounter with Jesus invite us to reconsider our own understanding of faith and following Jesus? Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.